Happy April, everybody. It's meteorologist Joe Martucci. We are here for another edition of our Something in the Air podcast brought to you by the Press of Atlantic City in conjunction here with some great help from Stockton University. We are getting into the warmer months. Also means we're getting into the more humid months. So I figured, you know, what better time to talk about something that's near and dear, maybe not only to our hearts, but to our heads as well, our hair. We're going to talk all about weather and hair for the next half hour here and join with me. I had to do it. I had to have the guy who cuts my hair here. We have the manager uh, and master color educator for Daja Hair Salon in Ventnor, a best of the press winner in 2020, David Velasco. David, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. I gotta here. say, it's weird not like, you know, you standing over me while you're cutting my head. We're kind of like side to side here. I don't know if you feel the same. <laughs> it's different. <laughs> it's different. All right. Definitely different. Um, all right. So let's start off right from the top where uh, we'll, we'll get into the personal life story of you first, but let's start off from the top here. What's one thing that most people wouldn't know about hair when it comes to the weather and maybe something other than the humidity in the fridge? That is, I mean, just like the weather, it's unpredictable. You can't really, you know, you can do your best to try to control everything from frizziness or smoothness and go outside and it's gone in a second just because you didn't count for the wind, you didn't count for the humidity or the dryness or whatever. And so the best way to keep your hair is to stay indoors. I agree. That's why I stay indoors. I have my window behind me so I get to go to both worlds. I can see what it's like outside. And at the same time, you know, keep the hair look good. Um, all right, David. So, you know, you're a Atlantic City guy. You were born in Atlantic City. Or at least I think you were born in Atlantic City. You went to no, high school in Atlantic City. You were not born I in Atlantic did. City. No, I'm from El Salvador. I've been in the U.S. since 85. Okay. Um, you know, it's interesting because everything that's going on with immigration, you know, that was me in 1985, you know, leaving a country that was in a civil war, you know, walking to school and seeing um, soldiers and machine guns. And that's the norm. And, you know, going to sleep and hearing guns at night. And, you know, I, I don't want to say that it was bad as a sense from like a little kid, because I left when I was six and a half. So I have a very small bubble of life and it was good. It was easy. It was simple. I remember great things from it, but I also remember these things that happened that I had no idea were part of my life and my world during that time. And then we came to California. We lived there for about two years and then we came to Jersey in um, 87, 88. I think it was the end, November 87, and then we've been here ever since. So I, I you, figure, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, how, how did you feel? You know, I know you were young, but how did you feel those first couple of months when you made it here to the United States? Um, well, you know, it's, it's what people don't understand is when you are like, you know, when you're in these third world countries, what to come to the U.S. and live the American dream, which I've lived after. After, you know, being here for like 37 years, if I did the math right. Um, and like you, you're here to do better and to have a better opportunity and do things, you know, you're not here for anything else. You're trying to 
give yourself and your kids a better life because you can't over there, you know, not that life is bad. So coming like I, you know, did, I was one of those, you know, people that came in illegally, you know, I crossed that border. I think of that little girl and that man that could have been me, my mom and my sister lying there, you know, drowned. Um, the coyotes that crossed us could have raped us and killed us and just left us there. And, you know, there's so much that could have happened that I don't think about because I was so young. You know, to me, it was a road trip. We were coming to the U.S. and everything's going to be so much better. Life is so good over here. People are so good. And, you know, you were going to have opportunities that you're never going to have over there. So, you know, even now, if you think about somebody makes what I make (laughs) in like four hours in a month over there. So yeah. it's a very big difference in, in how you live and how people live. So coming here, you know, to us, McDonald's was a big thing. Like, oh my God, we're in McDonald's. Like, do you know what I mean? It just was something yeah. like that. Also with how we grew up and being poor, like that was sort of like a treat for us. It wasn't like fast food, fast food as right. I know it now. Right. Um, and honestly, going to California was the same. It was... There's a lot of Mexicans. There are a lot, there's a lot of um, Spanish people from Central America. So it was kind of like similar but different. You know, mm-hmm. I learned when I went to school there, I was taught in English and I was taught in Spanish. So my English over there was very broken, but my Spanish was really good. The biggest change was coming here because coming to Jersey and experiencing cold weather <laughs> was something that was like, you know, snow, like, Oh my God, snow, snow, yeah. snow. And then you're like, okay, it's pretty and it's cold. And it's like, Oh, I guess I need a coat. Oh, I guess yeah. I need this. So the biggest change I think for me was coming here in the big weather change. Cause in California you wear shorts all year round, you know, yeah. it's not that cold. So it's, really (laughs) the same El Salvador is very tropical it's either hot dry or wet dry it's that's it there's not much difference you know I'm actually a lot darker over there because I constantly have a tan as opposed to the winters here lighten me up because of that and so the biggest change I would say is just coming to New Jersey and experiencing cold well well, first (laughs) off uh you know, I, I appreciate you sharing your story. I, I wasn't expecting to go in that direction. Uh, but yes, you know, uh, that's why there's a lot of people, obviously, who are in New Jersey and are like, yeah, I think I'm going to make my way over to Florida at some point or maybe California. Um, you know, so, you know, talk about, um, you know, just opening up the salon. Um, you know, how long have you had the salon? And I believe it's been Vetner. It's been in Vetner throughout its yeah. entire operation. I believe you moved at one point in time. Is that correct? Correct. Yes, we were in the Vetner Plaza for about six years. We're coming on to nine years um, in June 23rd. And September 26th, which is the anniversary of when we opened, will be the official 15 years of us being opened. Sure. Um you know, James was in the casino business, the casino business, the writing was on the wall. And, you know, he had gone through four regimes. um, And we talked about opening a salon. And, 
you know, I've been a hairdresser now 22 years or something like that over 22 years. And, you know, I love what I do, but I never wanted to own a salon. I've had the experience to help people and every salon that I was at, I tried to make it my own because this is where I work and it's a lot of work. And I didn't want that because that's being the boss. That's being the owner. That's being the accountant. That's being a hairdresser behind the chair for eight to 10 hours. So it actually worked out really good. A good partnership. He is great with customer service. He's amazing at social media. He was doing social media with Facebook and all of those outlets before it was a thing. Um, and so it was a, it's a really good partnership. He runs the business. He runs the salon. I get to do what I love. I get to teach the staff. So it was a really amazing partnership to do that. Um, and then, like I said, six years later, we moved to across the street. Uh, it's a, a more independent place i mean like uh, it's not a big strip mall so it's a lot yeah you know the spot is it's more one like building. oh it's just a salon and yes exactly yeah yeah, yeah so. i know what you're saying um you know and james too is a he's a weather guy himself a little bit weather enthusiast oh yeah oh my god <laughs> i know you know it's funny because, am i boring uh, you between you must be bored between telling- him and me Oh, not at all. I think it's very interesting. I'm a science geek to begin with. Like my biggest thing was I want to be a scientist. I love understanding how things work. I love breaking things, uh, taking things apart. I like putting them back together. I like changing things. I like creating things. So to me, it's just an amazing thing, especially when, you know, you have to understand that if you think of it from a metaphysical point of view where the weather is alive and it's an entity or a thing, you can't really predict it because, you know, one little thing, all of a sudden it changes completely. And, you know, I, I, you guys have it hard because a lot of people are like, oh, my God, they always lie. Well, they're not really telling you a truth. They're telling you a prediction, right. which means what could possibly happen. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think about you know, with Superstorm Sandy, as an example, we had about seven days. That's a lot of time to prepare for an impact. Whereas, you know, 1920, 1940, oh, it shows up and we're in it and we're drowning and it's raining. And you know what I mean? Like, so to have that much time to prepare for the worst, even if it doesn't happen, it's amazing. Like that, that itself to have that knowledge and ability, which you never had. It's great. And I think the weather gets a bad report. Get it. Uh, <laughs> I see what you did there. Uh, but I agree with you hundred percent. You know, science is, is a, is a lot of science is a prediction. And a lot of times it's very, 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 very accurate predictions. But you think about hurricanes and, you know, our hurricane track forecast, so where mm-hmm. a hurricane would make landfall, is as accurate five days out now in 2021 wow. as it was three days out in 2000. So wow. you have the bigger lead time. You go back to 1940. I mean, sometimes you'd have a hurricane warning or a storm warning that runs from like 
South Carolina up to Massachusetts because you weren't exactly sure. You knew it was going to be somewhere there, but that's still right. a big range. So now right. just how accurate and detailed we are with a lot is great. And, you know, put it one more way. 40 years ago, no one was asking a meteorologist on Monday what the weather was going to be like right. that weekend and really expect an answer to plan their events around. Right. Now they do. So, you, you know, you I know, agree with you 100% on that. Yeah. What's frustrating sometimes with people, it's kind of like, I feel because I have, a, you know, I see a lot of people, I talk to a lot of people and it's interesting that like, oh my God, it didn't rain and the weather said it's supposed to rain and oh my God. And I'm like, well, aren't you happy that it didn't rain? And that you were ready for it, because if you did it, if you weren't ready for it, you would be wet. So and, you know, I, I tend yeah. to look at things from the brighter side. You know, my glass is always half full and then I always end up filling it again because <laughs> you can do that if it's empty. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I understand. I try to be the same way with the weather. Most of the times when you just see that shower icon on your phone, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to rain all day. Most of the time it doesn't. You'll have plenty of time in between those showers. Um, well, David, here's what we're going to do. Well, we're going to you know, break. It, oh, God, no, God. Well, 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 let's just talk for one more second. Then we're going to get the break. Okay. I was just going to say I've, I the app that I have. So when it says rain, I always look down. It says the percent of precipitation. So if it's like, you know, less than a percent, I you know, I know it's not going to be that it's not going to rain. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's I such a low thing. Yeah. Yeah. I look into a bunch of different, you know, accounts and the percentage is really, you know, how likely it's to rain times what the area is going to be. So if you look at Atlantic County, it's a 40%. It's how likely it is. And then how much of the county is going to rain. So, you know, you're right. When you see that 1% or 5%, whatever, not really going to happen. All right. Let's get the break. We're going to go on the other side and talk all about weather and hair. We're going to toss out some different weather scenarios too, and we're going to have them uh, answer this for us. This is the Something in the Air podcast. Hey, everyone. It's meteorologist Joe Martucci again. Every time I do a talk, I say if I could take this job again, I would take it 10 times out of 10. And that's for many reasons. One, weather just matters more down here. I've been in many corners of the state, and when it comes to southeastern New Jersey, weather is the most important thing I always hear. Whether it's for tourism, whether it's for farming, or whether it's for boating, well, weather just plays a big role. And not only that, here at the Press of Atlantic City, we're able to give this information to you any way you want. You want it in your newspaper? We got it. You want it in videos? We got it. You want it on our website? Yeah, we have that too. And we can't do it without your support. Your support has been great over the past couple of years, and we look forward to more of your support in the future. To support South Jersey journalism, go to our website, pressofac.com slash subscribe, and you'll have offers that you can't refuse. That's pressofac.com slash subscribe. Welcome back, everybody, to the Something in the Air podcast. We're talking all about weather and hair with David Velasco of Daja Hair Salon in Vetner. Also known as the guy who cuts my hair, except for actually this last time because you were out. We had uh, Christian cut my hair. I think he did a pretty good job. What do you think? It I looks think good. A really good job. Yeah, it looks good. <coughs> is that a cough because you're just, you know. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it, it is an uh, actual okay. cough. <laughs> no, okay, I was just, uh, just making sure. Um, so let's get into the, uh, we'll talk about the nitty gritties here. We'll talk about the different kinds of weather, hair, maybe some solutions, uh, and we'll go from there. So. Let's talk about 
types of hair. Is there a type of hair that is just best for all kinds of weather that can get thrown our way? No, because you know what? The thing about it is even if you were to say that my hair is the best type, it never stays that way. You know, your hair is affected by what you eat, your stress, your emotions. Um, if you ever notice people that have gone through surgery, especially anesthesia, their hair texture is very different. So you could have a banding where it's great hair and then this new hair, it's just very brittle and very um, dry or just bad because or very fine because of the process of the surgery and the medications, the anesthesia. So it's very difficult to have it be consistent. There are people that have great ends, but the roots are too greasy or too dry. Like it varies. So there isn't a specific, the thing that will keep good hair is making sure you understand what the weather is, making sure you're conditioning and that your hair is as healthy as possible. Make sure you're not um, doing a lot of mechanical damage to it, blow drying it, heat styling with a flat iron or curling iron, making sure you're doing conditioning treatments to maintain it, to put back things that you're taking out um, and then cover it up, cover it up before you go out or get ready or do your hair in the location that you're going to be in. Oh, that's, that's, that will be the best. I should start doing my hair here then. That's what you're saying. Right. Right. Now the other thing too, it's like, you know, some people do it in the, in the bathroom after they shower. So if you, you, you shower with a lot of um, hot water, there's a lot of steam there. So that's going to affect even if you dry it all, if there's still moisture there, it could then eventually, maybe it might not, you know, it might take a little bit for it to mess it up. But if you do it outside where you didn't or different from the location, yeah, that's another way to do it Got to it. help. All right. That's good to know. That's good to know. I'm taking notes as you're saying this, just so I know for the future. Um, all right. So let's talk with the, uh, let's talk about the obvious one. That's the humidity, you know, even on our, in our, in our actual newspaper, in our graphic, we actually have the frizz factor for today. Uh, actually, we just started turning it on for April here. So it seems to be a hit with some people. They like it. We actually switched from the arthritis index to the frizz index. Um, you know, so when we talk about yeah, arthritis, that's good too. So, you know, we talk about humidity, you have to talk about the dew point. So for those of you uh, weather enthusiasts here, pulled out a couple of numbers from uh, Atlantic City International Airport. Uh, so when you look at dew points, measure of moisture in the air, March averages 34 degrees. That's pretty dry. By May, it's 52. Pretty dry, but it's actually pretty comfortable. You feel a little bit of moisture in the air. But then for July and August, our dew point averages 66. Now, what I like to say is when you get up above 65, you're starting to really feel it. And then sticky is above 70, oppressive is above 75. And as we all know here, living in South Jersey, we have had many, many oppressive days, especially during the summer. So let's just talk about breaking it down. What causes this frizz factor? And you know, what's the best way to keep your hair looking good? I mean, I know in the summer, like my hair, I got like a little bit of wavy hair during the summer. Like it just kind of like falls down. You know, you have to keep, especially if you're outside for a while. So see the thing with, right. So, I mean, honestly, I think the biggest thing is that the change from 
your indoor climate to your outdoor climate because you're styling your hair indoors and then you go outdoors. So that caught, that's a big difference. You know, when you go out, you come from the um, heat and you go and you have glasses and they fog in fog when you come into the house, you know, that's, that's a major change. So that's going to affect your hair. So one of the things for me, it's just trying not to make the difference. So different meetings, such a high contrast. Um, if you like it to be colder, you're always going to have an issue because when you go out, it's going to be tremendously hotter than when you were inside. Yeah. But what you can do to prevent, honestly, especially the curlier your hair, the more drier it is naturally because the cuticle, when it curves around to make the curl, doesn't just lay flat, it kind of opens. And so it lets moisture out. So it dries out or I don't want to say dries out, but it's drier than right. if somebody that's straight hair and the cuticle is just laying flat. So the more you have those openings is the more it attracts, especially if, you know, um, those areas tend to be uh, ionic. So I think it's more of a negative charge. So if there's positive in the moisture, it, uh, cationic, I think it's the word, it's going to attract each other. So the, the dryness attracts the moisture. So if you don't, if you do uh, conditioning treatments, that helps put back the moisture and that usually lasts a couple of shampoos and then you just have to keep doing it. And again, a lot of it will be preventive. If you can prevent your hair from being too dry, then it shouldn't affect uh, the weather shouldn't affect your hair because it's kind of in a more consistent state. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good to know. You know, I'm thinking about conditioner. I know you were saying conditioner earlier, you know, as a guy, yeah, I never really think of conditioner. I actually, I do use conditioner, but most guys don't. So I, is it a good thing for guys, even with the shorter hair to put the conditioner in as well? It is. I mean, it, you know, especially if you have very curly hair, it's naturally drier than straighter hair, especially mm -hmm. if you're going to blow dry it. Now, the thing that I will say, especially if you're styling your hair, for most guys that style your hair, you see that the thing with men and conditioner is that most men tend to have shorter hair. So the damage that is caused within two or three months of styling is cut out when you get a haircut. So it never gets to a point where somebody that has very long hair that has two inches from the scalp that are great, then four inches that in the middle that are so-so, and then the ends are completely dry and frizzy. Right. And so you can see the different stages and it has to do more with what's going on. So that's part of the thing. It's always going to help you. It's going to give you sheen. Now, the other thing with the humidity that you were talking about earlier is if you have enough products in your hair, especially if you wash your hair daily, then those products will help keep your hair the same way. You know, you just have to make sure you find enough of products, especially if some of the products either have a oil, they're not necessarily water soluble because if it's water soluble, uh, the moisture is going to mix with it and it's not going to work. But if it's not water soluble, then it almost makes like a barrier where the water can't come to it. Have you ever woken up with bedhead and for some reason it was just your scalp was very greasy and then you wet it, but then it kind of stayed the same. 
That's yeah. kind of the same. That's kind of the same principle. Is that if you cover it, your you cover your hair enough with something, and sometimes you know, in the past there were silicones used, and I know there's like a stigma with oh, silicones are not good, and if you use them too much and stuff like that, then yes, it's going to build up on your hair. But for us having short hair, it's going to get off. It doesn't really matter. Or if you're washing it on a daily basis, you're getting it out. So um, a lot of those things are more like from the past than more, a lot of the quality products, even over the counter products are the quality is a lot better than what it used to be. Hmm, Good to know. Okay. Now what about the opposite here going into the winter, right? Because I think winter with all the dry air that's around, probably isn't the best so you know especially in south jersey we can get some cold chilly you know dry breezes that come through so you know what do you recommend for though for that well the thing with it is that it depends so for me i'll use an example so if i were to straighten my hair in the summer as as i go outside and step you literally see my hair go from straight to like a big ass pattern to like a smaller (laughs) Yeah. And then eventually it just curls. You literally mm-hmm. see it like Moving back up. absorbing everything. So if I want to have it straight in the winter, I mean, in the summer, I don't even do that because unless I'm going to just stay inside because it's not, it, I, I'll lose it immediately as I go outside. Now the reverse happens in the winter. It's drier. So now I can straighten my hair and I can go outside and it will be straight. When I straighten my hair out, I'll straighten it for about two or three days, depending on how greasy my scalp gets. But so again, that's beneficial because it's actually drier. So if your hair is naturally dry, then it's going to make it drier. So therefore it's counterproductive. So then that's when you probably need more moisturizing shampoos or conditioners or products so that it helps not get over dry. So that's kind of the thing. And again, it depends on what you're trying to do that will benefit or not your hair. Because if, if, you know, for me, I have really good hair. I'm blessed. I have to say, so for do. me, it's not that difficult off, to be I, honest. That's, <laughs> I I'm afraid when, I, you know what I'm afraid of when my gray hair dominates Yeah, that gray hair is just a completely different beast than your natural hair. So mm-hmm. I'm, I don't know how that's going to affect it because, you know, even if you have straight hair, your, your um, gray or white hair can be very wiry or very yeah. uh, rough. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it completely changes your hair texture. Well, I got a little bit on the sides here on the back, a little bit of gray, you know, so I guess I'm a little bit uh, mm-hmm. different than depending on where you are. <laughs> All right. Uh, last question for you here before you wrap up. So, can you, you know, I think of people who it's the winter, they have their hair, you know, they wash their hair, they got a shower, they walk <laughs> outside, they don't dry their it. hair. Can it freeze and then break off the hair? And if it can, have you seen this before? Okay, so I've actually had my hair freeze before okay. many times, especially when I was younger. Um, I don't necessarily, you know... Uh, my hair is pretty damp when I, uh, not soaking wet, but pretty damp when I leave. And especially if I have product, it's still wet for the most part. So it's freeze, it's frozen. Um, I've never had it break because 
I also understand that if it's frozen, that if I try to move it, it could break off. So I've never tried it myself. Uh, I mean, if it's cold enough to give you frostbite on any exposed skin and it freezes, I'm sure it'll break if you just move it to the side or something. So it's, you know, I think it's possible. I've never done it. I've never seen anybody try, but you know, maybe this winter, I'll ha- I mean, next winter I'll have a project. <laughs> well, that's fine. You know, if we can come on over with the press, we'll get it all set up. We'll take a video. You know, we, we can make it all happen. If you want. <laughs> get the embarrassing moments on camera. Um, no, yeah, great. well, David, go. you know, this was, uh, th- this was really cool. Um, lots of good stories, both about your professional work and your, and your personal life. Um, anything else you want to add before we wrap it on up here? You know, the biggest thing is just learn your hair. You know, you learn about your type of hair, research. There's so many videos with so many people that can give you different ideas and just find the things that work for you. And what that means is you do it and you like what your hair does. If you don't like it, then don't do it. Um, and there's many things you can find out there that will work that you might, that you'll like. So just do that. And once you get familiarized with your hair, be ready to start over because, you know, you could do all that work and you have a perfect routine and it works great. And then the weather changes and you're like, okay, now I'm back to square one. (laughs) Yes. It all comes full circle. All right, David. Well, Hey, Dajah Hair Salon, David Velasco. Appreciate the time. We're going to wrap it on up here for this edition of our something in the air podcast. David, I will catch you at the beginning of May. And speaking of the beginning of May, we will have back on New Jersey State climatologist slash my birthday buddy. And it is our birthday month in May slash uh, my meteorological father, Dave Robinson. We're going to talk about the month of April. Until then, stay safe. Take care, everybody. And this is the Something in the Air podcast.